Boom! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Very excited to be talking about spatial computing. We have the founders of Infinite Retina joining us. Irina Cronin, Robert Scoble. Hello, you two. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming back onto the show for round Thank number you. two for both of you. Yeah. Super pumped, super pumped. You guys are both at the early stages of the show. Now we've made it up to almost episode 400 now, and here you Amazing. are having started Infinite Retina. That means you're going to ask tougher questions. <laughs> I am. We have gotten better. That's right. We have gotten better at our jobs. You've gotten more wisdom on your side yes. as well. You've founded Infinite Retina, which is a spatial computing agency helping entrepreneurs and Fortune 500 companies understand spatial computing in order to create new companies and divisions. InfiniteRetina.com, the link is below, also on Twitter at Infinite Retina, and both Irina and Robert's LinkedIn profiles are linked below as well. So you're holding the HoloLens there. We have so much to talk about regarding the Magic Leap and all of the future applications of this tech, these technologies. That's right, that's right. And let's start things off with our epic question about the state of humanity. We find ourselves as stewards of Earth. Yes. What uh, is your current take on the state of humanity? Um, Irina and I have been talking about a lot about this and we see a perfect storm of change coming over the next decade. The 2020s are gonna see more change for humans, particularly in technology, than we have ever seen, right? More data is gonna get created in the next few years than has ever been created. I mean, we, we just were talking about the Tesla when it goes down the street and it sucks the data from the street in, right? With 20 billion transistors? Yes. On that little chip yes. that runs just uh, one absolutely car. Absolutely amazing. Right? You yeah. start thinking Replicating about reality. I mean, yeah. On Saturday night, I was walking through a, uh, a Cray supercomputer, yeah. right? Which has hundreds of miles of wire and very few transistors compared to the little chip that's running a Tesla car today, right? And that cost millions of dollars at the beginning of my career, yeah. right? Yeah. It's crazy what's happened in our lives and we're about to see more change. So let's talk about changes, right? Autonomous cars are arriving. Autonomous vehicles are arriving. You're starting to see it. We, we, our Tesla drove us here from Campbell, right? <laughs> Most of the way. Really well. Really well. Yeah. Right? And you guys were just chilling. Just chilling. <laughs> I don't know. I feel really comfortable in it. Yeah. I never had an issue. Um, there's something about the way it moves. Because it's better at driving than I am. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. By the way, I can um, tell when I take somebody out and they turn on autopilot, I can tell that the computer's driving because it's really smooth on the lane. It's extremely and when smooth. And when it goes back to a human driving, yeah. they're, they're inconsistent. They, they drift around the lane a little bit. Right. And I can tell that. Right. But I mean, in terms of the different types of technology, so yeah. um, it's, it's spatial computing. Which right? is computing you can move through. It includes AR, VR, and AI. Robots. All the machine learning, computer vision, everything that you would need, the technology and software to be able to move in a three-dimensional yeah. world. Okay? So that is a lot. Yeah. Right? So it's not only one thing. It's that people are talking about AR. Uh, AR is different than VR. And then there's AI. And then there's autonomous cars. It's, there's a lot that uh, it connects all of these different technologies. Yeah. And it should be viewed like that. Because and, it is all, all about three-dimensionality. And at yeah. the same time, our cloud computing is ratcheting up to something new. Yeah. I, we haven't yet even figured, we were arguing on the way here, what, what do we call this thing that's in the sky that we're talking <laughs> to, you know? Um, I, I joke around that's like a god, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's Alexa or Siri, right? Um, or Google Assistant. We're, it's listening to me full time in my house. I have these yes. things all over the house, right? Yes. And on my computer and on my phone, right? I can say, hey, Siri, and it'll come up and start doing yeah. things, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we're about to see new cryptocurrency, right? And, uh, and everything that comes along with that decentralized computing and a new architecture. And we, 
probably in this decade, we're going to see quantum computing really come along. So we're about to hit Many people things. with yeah. a lot of change. And we haven't even gone into all of the, yeah, the little right. weeds, that's right? right. I, mean, the weeds, yeah. I, I started talking to somebody about this. He goes, oh, you totally forgot about what's going on in genetics research, right? And it's like there's another revolution happening there, right? That's true. And there's others, right? Yeah. All hitting at the same time. So humans are going to see a lot of change. Let's just talk about America. America, what's the number one job? Truck driving. Mm -hmm. That job is going away. Yeah. I can s state that definitively, that if you're a truck driver, you will probably not have your job in 15 years. Probably less. Yeah. Why? Because a self-driving truck is cheaper than you are. Yeah. And, and safer. And yeah. safer. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the truckers themselves are going to buy it first because they're paid by the load, right? If I need a load carried from Oakland Port to New York for some reason, I call up a trucking broker and I pay by the load. And so the trucker is gonna be very incented to buy one of these new Tesla, and there's others, Daimler, mm -hmm. Volvo, they're all building these autonomous trucks. Why? Because have you ever driven across the United States? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I did it last summer, it's right? It's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> And if you're a trucker, you have to stop every so often. Uh, I think it's every 12 hours, 10 or 12 hours. Yeah. No, it's get some sleep. Well, yeah, yeah. And but stop. They do check on you. Right. Yeah. And there's a log that you have yeah. to fill out. And you have to stop. Well, what's right around 10 hours? Nevada. <laughs> what's Nevada? It's a straight road with no pedestrians, no cross traffic. Right. It's a boring road to drive. Right. Can you push a button, go in the back and sleep for four hours while it drives across Nevada? Hell yeah, you can. And now you don't have to stop. So your load uh, will get to the other side of the country faster. You'll get paid more. So what a lot so of So you'll people buy are, a new truck yeah. because you're getting paid more on every load, right? But I just want to add something to that. A lot of people are saying, um, yeah, there's going to be many, many people who, who will lose their jobs, but it's not going to be uh, that their whole job is going to be gone. It, it'll take at least 20 years or maybe more, depending on the type of job, where uh, the person is yeah. actually working, doing a job, and then doing something that's automated or helping the automated piece but even, work. E it's just gonna, and sometimes e it's gonna stay like that. It, it, so even that's in not this, so bad. Even in this step, let's stay on truck drivers, yeah. right? Because now let's say a truck driver buys a Tesla truck to drive cross country and he or she is not, stopping anymore person lost their job at the hotel that used to manage their stay yeah. and uh the the uh, the cafe where they used to stop to get food yeah. right right yeah. and uh all the all other jobs america's about to reconfigure so we have right? to figure out what kind of jobs they're going to have in yeah. the future okay let's do a, a and that's just jobs we, yeah. we haven't it's, even started thinking lot. about the it's, cultural yes. there's yes. cultural changes that yeah. are going to Correct. be crazy Okay, right. let, I'll hit the tennis ball back. Let's see how yeah. well I can do here. Yeah. All right, so the 2020s are going to be a massively profound shift for us across all the sectors. Um, one of the main things that we see right now is we see all of the technology decreasing in cost, increasing in efficiency, um, decreasing in size. Yeah. And we, yeah, look at that. That's a, that's a 360 camera right there. Yeah. yeah. They put it on a little stick. Um, this camera four years ago, my first camera, I, I took the first 360 video at Coachella four years ago. And my camera cost $3,000. This camera cost $400 and is way, way, way better than the camera I used four years ago, right? Not even in the, I mean, the computer vision that's going on in this thing, and I, we, we should pull out my phone so you can see how steady it is. But it's looking around the room and doing machine learning to see the room and steady it out. It's 
freaking amazing, right? Because yeah. I could shake it like this and it's steady. Steadies it. It's nuts, right? And with just two wide-angled cameras, it can have This a, is seeing in 360 three, degrees. Seeing in 360 degrees, including up and down and left and right, and it's then it's doing a little stitch line. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's and very And I started hot. seeing yeah. prototypes in R&D labs where this is built into your cell phone. Yeah, that's, that's That <laughs> so, I know about already. So, yeah. right? So you're yeah. holding your phone in a few yeah. years up in the air, you know, if you're in the front row of yeah. Beyonce. Right, you're gonna hold your phone up like this and you're gonna be broadcasting in 360 to people who are wearing some sort of thing on their face and able to experience what it's like to be in the front row with mm -hmm. Moving through it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or at least, yeah. uh, you know, and by the way, this camera does two things, right? It does also 3D 180. E that's very interesting That's, too. Yeah, correct. 180 is actually really interesting. Duplicates your eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. And um, and that's that's also going to be a big deal coming soon, right? In the next two years. Yes. Yes. So uh, those two things of being experiential, being able to see w what a place feels like all the way around, like this. This I can take you into this room yeah, with this. Correct or be able to see it in 3D and but see you in depth. Robert, this, this is mostly a consumer thing. So Yeah, this is just, 400 just, bucks. Just to let you know, Infinite Retina is working with enterprise. Yeah. Okay, we're not dealing with consumer level right now because spatial computing is not ready for that. Yeah. Probably in another two to three years it will be. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot going on right now which is stopping it from turning into a consumer uh, product. Well, this is being used by uh, Walmart to train their employees in a new way, and they bought 17,000 VR right. headsets. So it's, there are implications even here. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, okay, I'll, I'll continue with a little, little hit back. Um, it's also very interesting that you take this all the way into um, um, not only uh, Moore's Law, but then also the Carlson Curve in biotech as well, um, and all the implications there in neurotech, and then to decentralization and the Internet of Things, and the amount of data that we create in every two years is is equal to 90% of all of the data that's ever been uh, created. Yeah. It's just continuing it, to happen. It's exponentially going up right now data. because of, of the self-driving car. The self-driving car, as it drives down the street, just slurps up all this data, right? And soon we're going to have that on our glasses. We're going to have little cameras. I, I met the guys who built the uh, LG camera, which is the camera here. Well, right? you also have and the I, Google, um, you know, the buildings. They're able to see through buildings. And, oh, yeah. and they're mapping out just whole streets that the, way. So it's a You're seeing Apple and Google and, yeah. and others c carrying backpacks with cameras sort of like this. Yeah. You know, enterprise cameras yeah. that are slurping up all the data to get a 3D model of the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a company here in San Francisco called 6D.ai, which builds a map of your house with a, uh, a cell phone. With a cell phone. Yeah. With a cell phone, right? Okay, so the, so the, we actually, um, when we had um, Andre K on the show, she also explained it like a Cambrian explosion, except for robotic perception, and that's, yeah. yeah and yeah. so it's that's a really profound way of, of looking at things because yeah. the, um, if you were also going into buildings with it as well, it's not just mapping streets, it's mapping inside of buildings, inside of houses, the interconnectedness of all of these. It's also profound to, you know, you had your two children in the back of the Tesla in your video. And it's just like, your kids are growing up with an autonomous car. Your kids are growing <laughs> up being educated with augmented reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how the neural circuitry wires and remembers data based on a 3D model of Better. the gastrointestinal tract and the biology of the human yeah. system and the solar systems than from a textbook. Yeah, so she much says better. better. Oh, than a textbook? And then I was videos. Think, no, yeah. I was thinking like if, if, if you teach me something like how to cook a meal, right? And then I see it in VR, do I learn the same? I say it's the, it's the same. Compared to a textbook? Yeah, I knew he was it's, doing that. It's not even close. Yeah. They're teaching people how to fix a million dollar tractor at Caterpillar with augmented reality in real time on the tractor right. without doing a book, without doing a classroom, yeah. right? You on, don't, you don't in need in to real have, time. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're working tractor, with surgeons yeah. who are doing this kind of training 
on real in real time on top of the surgery patient. They're wrapping the we MRI scan on top of the on body. Top we of have the a, body. We have a yeah. new client that um, is uh, about to get a, a new trial and uh, we'll be working with the FDA shortly to do surgery for cancer patients using the HoloLens. Yeah. And On the spot. It's more accurate than the system that existed yeah. before. So the, the amount of innovation that is happening yeah. in so many different areas is astounding. And the, the, just the people that are, thousands of people working in the same kind of areas, I said spatial computing, but the different verticals, for uh, uh, different kinds of reasons and effects, and yeah. you know, it's it's just it, it's it's just yeah. it's very difficult for people to see uh, because it's done at a private level. A, a lot of these companies are very are either really small entrepreneurial companies, or they're larger companies that are private and, and don't want to talk about it, or they're Hollywood studios that will never tell you what's going on. Yeah. Um, and. The information flow is extremely bad uh, as a result, and reporters can't get the information. So people really don't know what's, what's going. It's a black box, and, right? Until it gets announced. And, and it's hard to get a demo of what the magic is here, because you can capture this all day long. I can't really show well, you. Well, you have what, to be a developer for what, what this too. is like to wear and yeah. to see see aliens coming out of your walls, right? Or see information laid over a factory floor, right, in here. It's nuts. Follow a guided meditation. Uh -oh. It's wow. there's there's yeah. there's a there's another thing here. It's not only like you were describing earlier, not only being used um, for the education um, of children uh, and how that's a profound shift, but also um, to do real time surgery, real time ma um, machinery work. Um, one Chemistry. of the things with. Yes, chemistry. Just, I mean, I, I, you can write an equation yeah. in the air, and it shows you the molecules joining in the air. I wish I had this as a tool when I yeah. was in school. Yeah. Right. And and just on 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 the quick um, point there is that when considering the amount of conversation that's occurring around the planet around the the job loss with automation, yeah. it's simultaneously extremely important to realize that the yeah. organizations that are able to figure out how to most effectively train people for the decentralized IOTs, automation, infrastructures, programming, and all of these different environments, these are the jobs that are opening up by the hundreds of yeah. millions that just we need the proper tools yeah. to, to do the re retrainings and the young people are coming into these Exactly. Slots. We just visited yeah. Intel down in Hollywood, right? Down in L LA. Uh, it's in Manhattan Beach, it's the Intel Studios. Okay. <laughs> she uh, lives there, so she has place. to be very accurate. Um, and it's a volumetric studio, so it's yeah. separated from Intel, but go ahead. Yeah. But um, what's happening, if you go to Universal Studios and do the little tour, Right, they take you around all these warehouses and these sets, physical sets. Yeah, that's how they used to do movies. Right, they're getting rid of that. Uh -huh. They're digitizing every physical thing. So, like this cup now, yeah. if it's in a movie, is not a cup at all. It's a a, a scanned three uh, D item that a director. Yeah. This decides needs to be on the table and and it's of us. click and drag for implementing it. And the studio is a huge dome. It's all green on the sides, so they can replace the walls with whatever they want. Or they can be playing in They the had air. 168 cameras around it, with a data center of Intel computers in the bottom of it. Right? Yeah. So that they could make crazy. I mean, they're using the techniques that are using in this little tiny $400 camera, Times. but in a multi-million dollar studio to make movies and TV shows, all virtually. And you think about the jobs that are there, they're all very new and very different. The person who used to take care of the physical sets, their job's gone or going away, like now, right? That person needs to be retrained. And there's actually a school that does this, a virtual film school. I talked to the founder, and he found a way to retrain people faster and cheaper than going back to film school and doing it old style. Old style yeah. Because he, you only need to learn a very small curriculum, 
of how to do new things, right? How to do virtual lights. But your lights are physical. In the, in the movies, they can move the lights to wherever, wherever they, they need want, to be yeah. virtually. And the cameras are done yeah. virtually, right? And the sets are done virtually. And the effects, you know, we can blow this room up in a movie, right? One person can make an entire movie. Yeah. Yes. Somebody is gonna come along, probably around 18 years old right now, maybe 20. They're going to come along just like Robert Rodriguez did and found a way to make films cheaper with big name actors and he revolutionized the movie industry back then. Same thing's going to happen in the next five years. You're going to see somebody come along who figures out how to tell stories in a new way with this new technology and does it very cheaply because everything's virtualized. But he's, or we're he's, just going to be yeah, smart. My imagination is roaring. Yeah, yeah. keep in mind. I'm telling you, I, we go through this every day. There's always something that is yeah. just like, I can't believe this is true. Keep, keep in mind. This is happening. There, yeah. How much demand is there going to be for this new movie? I, uh, I had this conversation <laughs> with a company, which I cannot name, over a year ago, yeah. which started even before Intel, and Intel Studios knows about them. And I, for two days, I was... Yeah. Almost speechless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. this is a new world. 10x, 100x? You know, it, soon you're going to have an IMAX on your freaking eyes. All, we've, we create, we, we right. create our own universe. We create our own environment. We make stories yeah. in that environment. I mean, right. imagine a sofa that is not at all real, but looks truly real. Yeah. We place it in the space, wherever yeah. that is. We take an actress that is in another location, like yeah. in London, we put her on the sofa that is in this digital location. Yeah. She sits down on that sofa and it moves according to how her body has moved on the sofa. The mass of her body on the sofa. It all, it it all adds up and it's yeah. all... And the light changes with her it's sitting. Nice. It's yeah. all live. Right. Yeah. They can but, do that now. And this was called but, a volumetric dome? Yeah. Well, that, that's, the, that's the that's place. And, for, and, for then, the, and so when I enter a, a, a dome's settings like this, there are completely digitally created movies with yeah. with what yeah. could even be the actual. You can have a basketball game in the in the dome, so you could have a basketball team in the dome captured, right? In volumetric, everything is yeah. is three D. Grab that football basketball team and do and anything. Put them in, put them a, in a virtual. The crowd is going to be all virtualized, yeah. right? So the Coliseum is going to be virtualized. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Everything in movies is fake. Now, the reason <laughs> from that, from this, <laughs> from this OG Coliseum, yeah. you know, I, all the way to I was hundreds back, of millions of people tuning in live into. I, I was flying back from Dubai one time, and I was uh, sitting at the count at the um, lounge on it. Um, Emirates, right? Emirates has a nice lounge. You can meet people. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, I just got done with Star Trek. Oh, really? What do you do? What did you do there? He goes, Oh, I'm a costume designer. And I go, oh, Tell me about that. And he goes, Well, I got in the business because my dad did Ben Hur's costumes back in the 50s, 60s, right? Mm. When was Ben Hur done? Earlier. I don't know. I, I uh, earlier. I'm too Early young for ages that. of movies, right? And they were very <laughs> intricate costumes because that's how they did costumes. He says, my job now is to put 32 white dots on an actor. Whoa, yeah. Every, to change their costume, Every whichever. costume you saw in the latest Star Trek yeah. did not exist in the real world. It was virtually created by a, a costume designer somewhere virtually and put on, on top of the actor. So, yeah, nothing you see in movies is real anymore. We've been so told that 80% of what's currently in movies this year is CGI. 80% is yes. CGI already. Yes. Yes, yeah. I, I could not believe that, but that comes from a rep so, very reputable. So when I sat down with industry. the CTO of Comcast, yes. I said, "What is this new? What is a new pair of glasses that hooks into 5G and lets us see a movie theater? You know, because this was coming, coming soon, like two, three, certainly no more than four years. Four years from now, we're going to have a thing on our face that's going to be a lot smaller than this." that's going to have four, eight, 16, 32K screens. Personalized for you. Per eye. Yeah. Personalized. It's going to be like you put an IMAX theater on your face, right? And I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing with that in the three-dimensional space. Yes. yes. 
and you and it's going to be really powerful computing yeah. yes. that is potentially not even going to be locally occurring yeah. But occurring through the five exactly. G yes. web. So you yes. So then my the weight the hardware yeah. here is not even going to be right. that much hardware. That's the magic yeah. of five yeah. G, and that's why everybody is going crazy about it. Yeah, yeah. Ten, I, just ten gigabits per second. For, yes, we're, we're going to get there. I know we're about to get there. 5G. Explain to me just quick, um, one step back. Are we talking? physical environments like these volumetric domes still being relevant for people to physically come and attend or, or are we talking no, 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 me no, no. being able to be at home and observing no they're, what, they're yeah, so made what, to oh, capture yeah. us because we still you know an actor right a face oh, okay pause 168 volumetric camera i stand in it or a cup sits in it they couch sits yeah. in it they capture it, it. a basketball a team asset. that's what this volumetric a basketball. Yeah. A digital asset yeah yes. then, oh i see and then all of these yes. things they get put into it. the assemble it in a, a single filmmaker however many team can yes. assemble this in the cgi digital space yes then this gets distributed to this eight billion humans yes. Um, okay, got yes. it. So these domes are important for the capturing of physical items yes. at their most granular, highest fidelity level. Yes. yes. Got it. Okay, now 5G, please. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. 5G. Yeah. Ten. What part of 10 gigabits per second to your glasses don't you understand? <laughs> 10 gigabits per second? And that's the start. Per right. second? Yeah. 10 times faster than LTE. The There's way I, the way Huawei put it, it's like having a fiber optic cable to your phone. Yeah. Right? A fiber optic directly to the phone, there, yeah. There's a reason yeah. why Verizon is now talking about 5G nonstop, and it started last year. Yeah. Uh, they, they made it part of their messaging yeah. because it's, it is super powerful, and that's why they're really interested now but, in inter entertainment because they can bring... two other... 5G brings you three things. 10 gigabits per second, maybe 25. Uh, Huawei was showing me 25. 25 gigabits per second. Well, I, we're all talking about optimum, obviously. Optimum. There, there's yeah, going to be times when... Yeah. Keep in mind, there's know. a lot of uh, downsides. I, uh, let's just talk about what they're going to push at us, right? They're going to talk about the bandwidth. They're going to talk about latency. Yeah, Two latency. millisecond latency. Two millisecond. Uh, um, the, uh, one of the CEOs I heard said it's zero latency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, yeah, I guess zero your point brain whatever. can be tricked then because you if the latency is under whatever a, a hundred a milliseconds, then yeah. your brain gets tricked right. into yeah. 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 And uh, when I went to the World Series game at AT&T Park, I pulled out my phone, tried to take a selfie. I couldn't even make a phone call in AT&T Park. That problem goes away also. So there's three advantages of 5G. Do you want to cover the downsides? Bandwidth, latency, and the ubiquity. More, many more devices per cell tower. Per oh, per many more devices. Per right, cell tower. IoT, IoT, yes, yes, and, yes. And robots, robotic cars. Right, you can have a whole city with thousands, millions of devices, yeah, and yeah. A, and then infrastructure will stay up. Right. But it seems as though a good amount of infrastructure has to go up in order to enable it. it We're talking like absolute, every couple blocks. It's very expensive. Very. Every couple blocks okay. it needs to go up. And so yes. uh, there was a conversation. Well, it was actually a, a Facebook kind of dialogue uh, with some engineers that I recently had uh, about some issues that exist um, that Verizon and some other companies, they say, are throttling them because the costs are already starting to add up. So because the costs are very expensive, there's going to be stuff that's going to be not optimum yeah. until 5G goes up. Um, there's issues with certain locations. Uh, it's not really clear at the, at the last, what they say, the last delivery point, yeah. how the 5G gets delivered. So if that system is antiquated, um, what needs to get done to fix it? Sometimes Could, it's not possible. Can I jump in? Yeah. 5G, it's a higher frequency. It doesn't go through walls very easily. So if you're inside and the, and the cell tower's outside, now you gotta figure out how to get that fast. You need a point of entry. Oh, a point right. of entry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, so that's also an issue. And you have to be within a kilometer and a half of a cell tower. Right yeah, now, yeah, LTE yeah. works 10, 15 kilometers Cl from a cell tower. That's a huge cell difference, tower. yeah. yeah. Right, mean, if you drive down to LA, you see 
there's a cell tower way you know, in the distance, right? This, this is what I'm thinking about these issues. Okay, so. <laughs> and you have to have a fiber line to that antenna. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, as it is with telecom, um, and I've been watching this for a while, okay? So at the beginning when there's a new technology, everybody knows what the issues are. They're like, it's not gonna get fixed or get fixed in 25 years or something like that. And inev inevitably it takes about eight to 10 yeah. Right. So engineers start working on these issues and they figure it out new technologies that's right. that solve that. And yeah. then there's something new that comes up that's better even. So um, I, I think frogs. Yeah. I think right now from where we're looking uh, at it for the next five years or so, there are going to be these existing issues. Engineers will start working on it if they're not doing some entry point uh, fixes right now on it. Uh, and it's going to be fixed, and then it's going to be 6G, <laughs> and whatever comes Endless. next, right? Uh, which has its own, will have its own set of issues. Okay, yeah. question. Yeah. Okay. All right, we have um, some visual assets that Ron yeah. can that Ron can pull up right now. We yes. have some of the some of the newer um, technologies: the HTC Vive Focus, the Magic Leap. Um, yeah. So this is the Vifocus, and we have the Magic Leap. No, let, let, let's then, stop. Just, but, but, and okay. I just want to explain just yeah, quick. Yeah. The Microsoft HoloLens, which you've pulled up, but the two is the next image. Then the Oculus Quest, and then and we skip to the computer vision image, and then the Tesla autonomous car. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. The computer vision. We'll image, go through this then, again. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I wanted to show these because this directly yeah. ties into the question that I'm about to ask because. Right the interconnectedness of the devices that are both on top of our heads, as well as the devices like the autonomous vehicles that are driving with the new robotic perception that's occurring and all the data that's streaming in from that, the, a lot of the questions that come up in conversations are around security, they're around ethics, they're around the, they're around the issues that happen to our biology. Yeah. And so I wanna, I wanna ask these questions now, okay? One of the first questions is about the headsets, when we're looking at devices that are already a foot away from our faces, we can literally feel our eyesight deteriorating when we're not looking at things far away from us, because that's how we evolve to look further away than devices this close. Okay, that's one thing. The focal point's already here. So what's going to be the change when the focal point... One second, I'm almost done. Just a couple, couple thoughts. The focal point is going to be in the spatial environment, so we can explain in a moment. Yeah. Uh, and the other questions on the health are on the, the, the safety and the ethics around things like uh, harm potentially being done through the uh, autonomous vehicles being hacked into or any, there's things like that. And then yeah. the last question is about the 5G infrastructure and the way that it affects our biology. Yeah. yeah. And because it's just so much everywhere. So please, yes, what are there's your thoughts? There's some health, uh, I mean, each one of those deserves an hour. Okay. That, for instance, on the front of the HoloLens is four cameras, right? That makes a 3D map of the room. That's what it's doing. It's building a 3D uh, point cloud of the room, and then it converts that to a polygon mesh, yeah. and overlaying on you as little triangles, right? That's how it, does, how it works physically. What happens if you walk in wearing something like this into a bathroom? or if you're in a kitchen or scanning something that maybe you don't want the cloud to know, that's a problem. Mm. We have to, as an industry, we have to figure out how to do this to not freak people out, mm. certainly in bathrooms. And you're gonna wear the, in four years, they're going to be about this size. I'm going to replace my current pair of glasses with a smart glass, and I'm not ever gonna take them off. So there are many. No, I do know. Let me let me push. Wait, I do let me, know. No, no. I'm going to push it to the utmost end, and I am going to wear them, and I'm not going to. I'm them not off. saying I don't know to that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, people get used to things fairly quickly. All right. If this becomes so ubiquitous as you're talking about, it's a cult. Then it becomes a cultural thing, and you you learn when and when to use it and when not to use it. I know, but uh, uh, the technology is always firing. No, right? no, no, it's no, that's not the case. They'll, they'll, there's going to be some kind of fail-safe built in, so it's not always firing. That's for the industry to figure out how to do that. I, I right? don't know, whenever, maybe whenever you reach a bathroom, there's like a, a little thing there, and it yeah. shuts it off automatically. 
right? But we haven't seen that yet. Right? Well, yeah, we, we haven't, haven't seen, seen the ubiquity of, of AR uh, glasses yet either. Uh, right. So there, but I think these are issues that are going to have to be worked out at yeah, the same time. Yeah, I think when it comes to cultural issues, that's not the difficulty, that's not so difficult. I mean, yes, you had the issue with Google Glass that was a big cultural faux pas, right? Uh, that's, I don't think that's going to be replicated. Um, I think people are excited to be able to use this this, this time around. Yeah. Uh, there are lessons that were learned. Um, but you're talking about health issues. Yeah, that's so, yeah. um So, I will tell you that uh, with VR, when VR first started coming out, with, you know, the Oculus Rift came out, um, there were several scientists that said that there are issues, of course, yeah. um, especially with kids. So they were saying under 12 years old, uh, Sony actually made a statement about that. Very interesting. And then took it back. So uh, it, I think it's kind of an unknown issue, but uh, the more sophisticated and better made the headsets are, yeah. the less these issues come around. So there's issues about the way um, uh, that you know, everybody has a different um, length between, yeah. right? Yeah. So that needs to be, you need to be able to uh, fix that yeah. within a headset, whether it's an AR headset or a VR headset. Uh, you need to be able to get your uh, prescription lens. Yeah. Um, that already solves a lot of issues with, uh, you know, bad eyesight. There are cases of people, though, that have bad eyesight, they put on the headset, they see perfect yeah because it's adjusting for it so there, anyway yeah there's uh, another side to this i met with an eye doctor down in south africa Cheryl mm. Lee calder she works with professional athletes she puts light into your eyes mm -hmm. and exercises your eyes yeah, yeah. and makes your eyes better yeah she took the worst rider on the south african cycling team after using her app for 10 minutes a day for six months he was the worst rider at falls per race on the team because he had a perception problem that when he got in the peloton which is the grouping of bikes that's around him he would uh, uh lose focus and fall after six months of using her app, he's best on the team today. Yeah, damn. Okay, so there's some ways to augment health with technologies yeah. as well. Yeah, of course. You have to know what you're doing. Of course. It's, yeah. just, it's just there's a lot of questions about 5G, especially yeah. in the biology. There's a lot of questions around the security I, of our just propelling ourselves at 80 miles an hour I, in an autonomous vehicle. Um, and then, of course, why do we, we, we already have 1,500 billionaires on the planet that's probably going to double within the next couple of decades. And a question becomes the security teams are already massive enough. Um, the what, what ways are we building out the next 2020s, really, yeah. in terms of wealth? There, a lot of wealth over the last 50 years has been towards the 1% of civilization. And that's because a lot of times they've invested into the infrastructure that's made a creativity and the mass uh, physiological needs uh, ubiquitous for us. Yeah. Okay, we'll give them that. It's true. At the same time, the whole culture of fifth yacht, fifth car, fifth Rolex, etc., is dying, and millennials and Gen Z are catching on to the, and sniffing onto it super fast. They know that meaning, purpose, and fulfillment are the top of self-actualization, and so the question becomes: How do we make this work for us all? How do we build out the the resource flows so that we can empower more people at their creative best with these yeah. technologies that are coming out? Um, you're asking deep questions that go, I think, beyond even Irene and I's. Well, uh, I have some idea. We have ideas, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Here, here's one, yeah. right? The truck drivers that are about to get laid off. There's an argument in Silicon Valley that we should do guaranteed minimum income for people like that, right? Just give you a, a $4,000 a month or whatever the check is that we're going to give them. I don't think that's sellable to America, first of all. I don't think that's right because of what you just said. Mission, purpose. That is a bad way to treat human beings for a lot of reasons. But my dad took, me out, took my family, my DNA strand, out of poverty in one generation 
cop. He had a GI Bill. He went to the army for a couple of years. And when he got out, they paid for his education. He got a PhD. He was the first person in our family to go to college. And that got him to Silicon Valley, where I'm sitting with you today, right? I've seen a school down in Silicon Valley called Silicon Valley 42 that took a chef who did not have any computer experience and today is running a VR company two years later. So I know it's possible mm -hmm. to take a Trek driver and retrain them to a computer science. That's uh, programming. Yeah. yeah. With a free school with no teachers. Wow. All right. Now there is some infrastructure in the school that has a building and it has computers so that he can he could go someplace and work in a, in a team. And that gives a lot more meaning and purpose and actualization when they pick what they want to do. But he needed two years. Yeah. Now, it, are you willing to learn something new if you're struggling to feed your family and you're having to drive Uber to try to just pit, put money on that That's table? That's so hard. So hard. So, hard. Yeah. so I, I argue that instead of talking about guaranteed minimum income, we should be talking about a new GI Bill for everybody. Two, four years free ride, but you have to go to school. You have to put the glasses on. You have to put the glasses on, yeah. You have to put the glasses on and be in a, you a school. You learn faster. You learn now, faster. Yeah. Soon, they won't be ugly and they won't, and they'll be really high resolution and we can learn together and you can be in, in Pasadena where you live and I can be here and we can be doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Location together. agnosticism, working on the same right. projects yeah. Learning together. Learning to code oh, yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, with the HoloLens too, we could do that now too. Yeah, yeah correct. So, yeah, but it's just okay. big and ugly and it yeah, costs $3,500, right? Yeah. Soon that won't be, a, that won't be, I'm yeah, soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, it, it, in, in the 2020s, which is how we're talking about this, the, the, the cost will come way down. Right? Like a proximity thing, like we're yeah. right next to each other. So my idea, yeah, um, so my background is actually in economics and finance, and I worked on Wall Street for eight years as an equity research analyst. Um, I've seen how investment bankers work, I understand how uh, funds are raised and how companies do their IPOs. Um, that's gotta change, yeah. okay? Um, there's no reason in the world why regular everyday people shouldn't be able to share in the wealth of new, company, new companies that are being uh, IPO'd. Especially because in many ways they helped create that I, I as don't, a customer of Uber and Amazon, yeah. etc. Why not have a universal basic asset um, for those that contributed to even a very minor stake, um, but still with the thousands of rides that people have taken right. with the company and thousands of items they have purchased from the Amazon store, why not give them a minor stake in the ownership? It's a maybe, code update. Maybe we should be paid for our data. And being paid for well, that that yeah. Yeah. that's I, how we redistribute some I of the do, wealth. Yeah. I think people would re, re actually really up for that, and the whole privacy issue would start to melt if yeah. we put a, a, a price. To, we are actually able to give people money for it, yeah. and those that want to to sell their debt for their data uh, will do it, and those that don't want to will not, and that's how it solves a lot of that issue. But I mean, in terms of everyday yeah. people being able to. Uh, uh, like have a lot of wealth uh, from IPOs that are happening here in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be able to be the case except for the existing system that's been like that for quite a while that would make it extremely hard for that to happen. So I'm hopeful in the future that it'll be a direct way that people can actually uh, contribute money and get a lot back, you know, uh, instead of waiting until, you know, they could buy stocks on the stock market. That's too yeah. late. You, Here, you need to be able to get a, in when, when you get the IPO. Of, a friend of mine was on, shared a, a little prop jet, pla uh, prop plane with Reed Hoffman before Reed started LinkedIn. And he put something like a hundred grand in because Reed said, hey, can you invest in my new company? 100,000 in, he pulled tens of millions out, right? But only rich people who have a plane with somebody like that have that kind of 
potential. The access. The access. Yeah. And you have to be an accredited uh, investor, i.e. Right. you have to be somebody with millions of dollars in assets that you can play with. Right? I'm sure there would be millions of people who would be willing to put in $10 that's right. to equal the, the amount that's needed. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter where the money is coming from in terms of the money. Yeah. It matters to the people where it's coming. And, and yeah. we're starting to see uh, blockchain ap approaches to real estate that's trusts right. like yeah. this, yeah. where you can invest 10 bucks in a building yeah. right, and have some payback for being a, right. you know, because most people can't afford a million dollar apartment course, anymore, yeah. or a, a, certainly not a hundred million dollar building. And what's happening with banks, banks are, you know, gonna be virtual. Most of the banks are gonna be virtual banks. You're not gonna have um, the existing banks of today, probably, I'd say 40 years from now, most of them will be kind of changed. Maybe less. Yeah, Maybe less. all right. Our, our bank, uh, I mean, we had to go to a bank to set up our disruptors. business. <laughs> and that was the first yeah. time oh I've been gosh. to a bank in a long time. That right? took two, two, over two hours. Yeah. Just, oh, here, can you sign this form? Oh, we have another form for you to sign. And we need to look this up, and it's just to open a, a, a business, yeah. you know, checking account. Yeah. Anyway. And soon we're going to be able to do that in our glasses with a remote banker who will scan the forms, and they'll appear in our area, yeah, and yeah, we'll sign with our like finger forms. or with our yeah. fingerprint or with our eyes, right? Our eyes are a fingerprint, and we'll talk to Siri and say, "Hey Siri, we approve that form, right? Something like that." Or Alexa, or Google Assistant, right? Hey Google, let's, uh, uh, you know, approve that form, and boom. Okay, uh, the solutions are very complex, um, but the updates uh, in civilizational protocols and codes in order to enable it are extremely important. And the solutions that you laid out were were good. We have a lot to put. We have a lot of faith in the young um, people and uh, to, to, to do this. Yeah. Hopefully from simultaneously a grassroots level and, a, and an industry level and a governance level, it can all come together into, into the good updates that we need. Um, okay, on the way, uh, I want to mention, we kind of touched on this a little bit for those that are interested. I think it's important for you guys to explain um, what Unity and Unreal Engine are, um, which are the code and the design in uh, developing yeah. tools for AR, VR, mixed realities, and how people can get introduced to them and started with them. Yeah, I mean, in the 80s, there was a company that sprung out called Adobe that you know, create, uh, created a tool called Illustrator that let mm. you create graphics like this. Uh, these graphics are um, a little line, right? A vector. That's that's how an Illustrator worked. And then another app called Photoshop came on, which was a grid of pixels, right? Like a camera, grid of pixels. And those two ideas were how you created graphic design on a piece of paper Flat. or on a screen or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Unity and Unreal are that for the 3D world, because we're moving from a world that's like this mm -hmm. to a world that's like this. 3D. Even that noise wasn't fun. You just <laughs> hit it and we heard a, we heard a noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's moving to a 3D Plastic. world. So how do I make you have a costume on your face that would be done in Unity or, or Unreal? And is uh, there a depth? sensing to that then how do no, we no no i'm just talking about uh, unity is a 3d engine yes, correct a game engine how do but then the question is how do i pick? and they build things unity like trees it doesn't only have to be 3d it could do okay. regular games in unity yeah. but it, it's it's okay. it's it, it's in very this context wide. it's a 3d world. um and we can move the tree yeah. the couch 10 feet away 30 feet away 50 yes. feet away and because we're in 3d dynamically adjust the code yes and you can bring assets from other companies and apps yeah. in. From that, or, from that yeah. volume. Or you like bring it from the outside yeah. or, and you like Or like in Job, I won't do it here because this is real liquid, yeah. but in Job Simulator, a game that you play in VR that was built in Unity, when you pour the cup, they have polygons coming out and hitting the table, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's all code, all done in Unity. And the polygons that are spraying out of the cup were all designed in Unity, right? 
Unity's like Photoshop and Illustrator together, but for the 3D world. And actually, okay. Unity and Unreal, believe it or not, are not that hard to learn. No, you can learn on YouTube. So that's another job that people could do. Yeah. You can learn on YouTube. You can go to YouTube, teach me how to use Unity. It's certainly easier than uh, most programming languages. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're overselling it. Well, it I, is I, a programming language. No, no, you I'm, can I get complex. I said get than complex. most programming True. languages. It's easier it's, than assembly. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, people are talking about you know AI and machine learning and sure, and sure. TensorFlow and all of that. That that's very thorny. Matrix math. Versus. That is really yeah. heavy duty. Unity and Unreal. I mean, you know, you could go to school for like three months and come out and ready to create a project. Yeah. It's okay. relatively easy. A year if you don't have any programming understanding. I mean, you, you do need to understand a little bit about computing. You know, it helps to understand this, this, <laughs> this world of creating vectors and creating yeah. things in, in the computer, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, so if you, if you came out of space and landed here, you have to do a little more work. But it's, that's, if you, we can find this now um, on the internet and in a couple months learn Unity and then yeah. there's there's schools that'll okay. teach you how to be a programmer and pay for you to, you know, Lambda school. Oh yeah, and then they'll take a percentage of the, um, yeah. of, yes. the of the salary afterward. Yeah. 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 yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've been trying to get someone from Lambda school, we'll, uh, we'll end up doing that in a bit. Okay, all right, and let's wrap on, um, we talked a lot on 5G, we talked a lot on movies, um, we started touching a little bit on um, the other industries here, yeah. but you know, we'll have to do another round Re where we get retail. deeper. Retail, correct, yeah. The, Manufacturing. Yes, yes. Uh, Logistics. At, G, at, at the Game Developer Conference. So this is sort of how, how new jobs are coming along, right? I'm at the Game Developer Conference at the VR party and I meet a guy who runs, who's building something for the supply chain, trucking and manufacturing. And they just turned on a, a, their first cold storage, completely automated warehouse, right? Yeah. Just this month turned on. Right, so think about that, all robots inside, moving, moving salad. You know, yeah. salad comes in on one truck, moves around, goes out the other side. He says that every pallet has now a sensor array they know how much jostling each thing had and what temperature it was, whether it, it, if they're shipping it across the United States, they know exactly how the rate at which one of the AC units on the truck is failing because the temperature keeps going up, right? That's a, <laughs> In that's real a time. very specific example. And In real there's time. thousands of these yeah. that thousands. are applicable to the vertical. Yeah. Yeah. I met a, a guy who runs an oil refinery in Canada. He said, you know, um, it's funny, but the uh, analysts who watch my industry know that my factory is down before I do. And I go, how did, that, how did they do that? Well, they put a CubeSat, CubeSat, up in space, watches the temperature of my factory. Yeah. From space. From space, yeah. And reports to the analysts that, hey, that factory is cold, so it's offline. And they know before he gets a call from the shop farm and says, hey, we just went offline. Right. <laughs> yeah. All, All the way up to satellites and how quickly you can get data from the satellites as well. Yeah. Spatial computing is computing. You can move you or a virtual beam. We haven't even started talking about virtual beings. Oh, That's no. a whole nother show. Oh my gosh. Magically Robots bring... and virtual beings. Um... And people moving through computing in but 3D. AI characters. Well, AI, that's virtual beings. Well, right? no. Okay, there's a difference. All right, tell me. What, virtual beings could be a, a duplicate of you. Okay, AI character is a fictional that's character. That's a scary thing right there. <laughs> AI character is a fictional character that is developed that uses natural language processing and machine learning to be able to talk to you as if they're a real yeah. person. Yeah. So they, they could be quite different. I, I put that all in virtual all being. <laughs> That's all in virtual being. Yeah. There's a virtual influencer in China 
that had 40,000 people watch a concert. She's not real. She's up on a screen and 40,000 people went to watch a concert of her. Think about that yeah. one. So virtual influencers are now at the it, it was actually filmed pretty well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We talk about cultural shifts. This stuff is going to deeply change our culture. We're going to, in the next decade, we're going to go through something like we went through in the 60s, where culture is just crazy changed. Cars. We, we don't yet have movies that have self-driving cars in them, right? And movies are our culture. The sci-fi, some sci-fi films. Yeah, like but, but but not in, not in but in in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You not know, the reality. Not in the right. not in no. the real movies where yeah. kids go to a shopping mall. Yeah. You know, kind of movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm excited for shopping round mall. three. There's no shopping mall. In, in <laughs> what's a shopping that's mall? Right. It's a place you go to play VR at, actually. Because <laughs> they're gonna rip down the inside of a mall, and you're gonna go with your goggles and go play some VR with your friends, right? Yeah, the amount of industry applications are endless, and I'm looking forward when we sit down again, we can dive in to a lot of these. AI agents, and we can talk about um, more of the industry applications and the in the nuance and the big scale, the satellite view scale on 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 Earth and the way that it's going to impact our children that are growing up. So, yeah, let's um, yeah. let's do let's do this again with a round three, um, and let's see if with this all this twenty twenties knowledge that you've been just soaking up like a sponge about the profound shift. Does it feel like we're in a simulation any more than it did a year ago? Oh, why, why would it make a difference if you believe you're in a simulation? It always kind of make, you know, I go in and out of that, actually. Um, there are, there are days where I do feel like I'm in a simulation. On Saturday night, I was holding yeah. a rock in my hand that was six billion years old and supposedly is how life formed on Earth. I don't know. The simulation question is one of those questions that you know, billionaires ask each other <laughs> over dinner at Davos. <laughs> it, it's sort of like a funny thing, like, what can we put into the press and into social media this that's is, not provable either way? It, it is not provable. It, and right. and that's has no real consequences yeah. either way. Like if you believe in simulation, I don't believe in simulation. It, Except it's just an interesting dinner conversation. It, right? it is really relevant to the idea of a created environment that's that right. we're talking about. That's right. So if we are the puppeteers of this new created environment that's three-dimensional and looks completely real, why can't there be something that's doing that with us? That's right. So I don't know, maybe. Some days, yes. Some days I'm like, no. <laughs> so it depends. I agree. I don't think there's a, a guy playing with us like No, no, I didn't say. But billions, we are billions of no years evolved to bring this think. thing called analog to us. Right. Analog. Analog. The wave of photons hitting that plant is analog. Oh, this is a lot of philosophy. You can go on for years right. with the philosophy. Well, here, here's where I'm going. You want to talk Barclay Neil, with me? Neil Young, Neil Young right. taught me the difference between digital and analog. Neil Young, the rock singer. He took me into a studio and let me listen to Harvest Moon on his two-inch analog tape deck in the studio where he recorded it. So it's pretty badass, I do have to admit. And then we listened to it on digital when, he, when his audio engineer cut it from analog to digital. Digital is numbers, right? So music on our phone is numbers, right? It's, it's, yeah, but this it's is numbers. Trillions. There's numbers in no, here. That's smooth. No, no, no. You but don't understand. It's, yeah. This can be devised in number, number-wise. Yeah. But fashion. you're perceiving it in an analog. Uh, so that's right. our sensory system, which is made. But at a math and physics level, yes, but it could. Yeah. Be. There was a gap. Yeah. Between the digital music and the analog music. Yeah. Yeah. Even at high resolution, you know, 600 kilohertz per second is 10 times more than a CD. CD is 44 or 12 times more, right? CD is 44.1 k 
kilohertz, 44,000 slices of numbers per second, right? That's music on Spotify, mm. right? And so even if you amp that up to really a lot more slices, still a gap. And I, that's why people are like, oh, when, when we get black mirror on our face, right? When we get the perfect optic that is 32K or 84K or whatever is gonna be in the future or jacked right into our optic nerve, people are gonna still seek out analog. Uh, I don't know. Because <laughs> there still will be a difference. <laughs> There, there, it might get smaller that said, and smaller and smaller. I'm living in digital most of the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I think you may be the first one that's said that no matter how good the technology gets, that there will still be a difference. There'll be a well, difference and you'll seek it out uh, here and there. I mean, we already are. I, a friend of mine just two days ago picked me up in his uh, older BMW and said, let's talk about the difference between d your Tesla and my analog old crappy car, which has some attributes to it. it. It is a very analog machine. It has analog, it has a different feel to it, a different experience to it, a different noise to it, right? And uh, humans will seek that out on a racetrack, mm. right? You will pay a lot of money to drive that car in the future on a racetrack where you can get that engine going. And I have hear a theory and though. Feel it, right? Very My, cool. Yes, cool. in analog. Yes. Because she's going to say we're going to wear the glasses and drive that car in digital. And I'm saying that at some point you won't be able to tell the difference using your sensory perception. I say that's wrong. Okay. But that's good. We have to speed into 40 years into the future or 50 years. That's a very um, All right. privileged thing to experience. I, I'm saying at this no, no, point no, in time. No, no. It, we're going to come at it a different way. We'll I see. toured uh, the slums in India. Many billions of people around the world. And you don't even have to go to slum go to uh, Shenzhen where I got a tour in China and I met a college professor. So a fairly high person in society and he lives in a 600 square foot box with three people in that box. It's not like this. It's America still, even though our, uh, our housing value is getting so expensive that people are starting to share more and more space, it's far worse for most people around the world. And they don't have the money to travel. 20% of Americans have a passport, 80% don't. So I've experienced the Taj Mahal in its analog glory, and it is glorious to put your hand on that thing and see the jewel work and the work on that stone. But she's right. Most people will never experience the analog and the digital will be pretty I'm just saying at some point it'll catch up. No, I, I, there will always be a difference if you go to the analog thing. There, Neil Young proved it to me, even at a high resolution. Right now. Now, digital is still not it's the not, smooth wave. You know, it's not, it's just it's is. digital plus. This is still uh, transistors, which are light switches that go on and off. They're still, you can put okay, billions right now you might and be right. trillions of them on yeah. this thing. The gap will be so small that it'll be hard to tell, but okay. there still will be a gap. More existential gap. By the way, uh, here's another way to look at it. Right now there's gamma rays going through you that you can't feel, you can't I sense, know. but if I had a sensor, I could show them to you. Well, there's so all kinds we, of realities that are, we're not Are we of. sensing something in the analog world that even when you even when you get the trillions of um, uh, semiconductors on your glasses, even when you get jacked into the optic nerve, da 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 da, can you tell the difference? The other problem is school. Here, here's one last thought. One last thought for the far off future. Like my kids, by the time they're 50, they're gonna get jacked into their optic nerve. Yeah. They, and they might choose never to experience it. Ah, uh, that's another philosophical question. The they brain might, in the vat. Th they this, might. This is all very yes. good for 
when yes. we come back on. They might oh, never yeah. experience yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and that'll yeah. be like, the, which pill is that? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that the red yeah. pill yeah. or the yeah. blue yeah. pill? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want digital like beamed into my mind. Because that'll be something totally. soon. Totally, right? totally. Beamed in my mind. That movie just comes into my mind, but that taking that surgery or putting that into my optic nerve means I'll never experience. Scoble, you're already yeah. in that world. <laughs> <laughs> you're in that world already. The old, Ron says the only thing that we're gonna learn when we get closer to the real indistinguishable virtual reality is that this already is virtual reality. So, I want to meet the programmer. Yeah, we will. We'll be the programmers and meeting the programmers all at the same time. Yeah, we're, yeah. Well, more if this for, is a simulation, it's a badass program. It's a badass program. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's really good. It's really good. You're even really like, good. like just you. It's just, it's just really, really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I am very deeply grateful that we were able to have this round two. It was very profoundly enlightening, and we're looking forward to Infinite Retina and all of the work that you guys will be doing here. Yes, major cheers to you guys. Hey. Yes, great job putting this together. Yeah, it's exciting. And the team's very powerful and your knowledge base about what's happening is very powerful and you're already doing really good interviews as well. If you guys find Infinite Retina's YouTube channel, they're already doing powerful interviews with thought leaders in the space. Um, there's the 360 camera again. Now we're, we're using this because it's a new tool for storytelling that yes. is radically going to change media. Yes. And this yes. is really cool. Yes. Soon we'll have 360 camera on simulation. You'll be able to look at um, all of our different faces, um, all swiping through as you please, um, joining us right here in the center of the table. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Right, thank you so much, Robert. Thank, thank you, you so much. Really appreciate you both tremendously. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on today's episode. Go and share more conversations about what all of this technology is going to enable. Go and share it with your friends, your family, online, at your workplaces, everywhere you go. Go and start talking about it more and sharing it around. Huge shout out to Ron Vogus, our producer and director. Thank you very much for the show and support the artists and entrepreneurs that you believe in. Support the organizations around the world that are making tremendous impact. Go and support Simulation. Our links are below as well. And build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Peace. Peace. Yeah.